This is Play-By-Play Cast. Is that faster than a greyhound? The podcast about play-by-play guys. For play-by-play guys, by I'm told, a play-by-play guy. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Now here's the host of Play-by-Play Cast, Todd Bodet. Wait, the Motel 6 guy? We'll leave the light on for you. No, Joel Godet. Joe Godet. Joel. Joe. Joel? Joel, with an L. Okay, here's your host, Joel Godet. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. Ben Holden is our guest from the CBS Sports Network here on week four of Play by Play Cast. We keep up with a diversity of guests here on the program. We are four episodes in. We've now had two Syracuse products and two guys who work for CBS. They've all been good conversations, though, so <laughs> glad that the guys have taken some time out to do it. Uh, if you have not heard the first three conversations from this podcast, uh, you can check them out on our uh, our archives on iTunes or on Stitcher, uh, however you listen to your podcasts. Carter Blackburn of CBS was our first episode. Andy Demetra from South Carolina, our second episode. And then last week we had Doug Greenwald from the Fresno Grizzlies, AAA affiliate of the Houston Astros on. So you can go back and check those out as well after you're done uh, listening to Ben Holden here this week. Ben is an interesting guy and has an interesting backstory that we're going to dive into didn't go to college traditionally, so to speak. He went to Scripps Howard Trade School uh, after he got out of the Navy, started in this business as a writer in a newsroom, uh, worked his way on up through local television and worked for uh, individual sports teams and then eventually found his way into network broadcasting, working for CBS Sports Network. And uh, Ben and I initially met my first year at Ball State four years ago Uh, We briefly ran into each other at Army uh, on CBS Sports Network, October 27th. It was a Saturday at West Point. Uh, Ben Holden and Randy Cross were doing that game and uh, stuck my head in there, and we did chat a little bit that day. And then uh, Ben and I reconnected this past fall when he did the Ball State Western Michigan game. That was on CBS Sports Network. It's one I'd like to forget, but it happened. Uh, ben was awesome that day, though. Uh, went up into the booth, and we talked for a while. And not too long before the game went on the air, it was at least an hour because our pregame show hadn't started, uh, but more than gracious with his time. And we've kept in touch on and off uh, since then, and, and Ben's been really awesome. So I'm glad we could get him here on the podcast and talk about his path, his route, and a little bit about what he does. And uh, we do get some inside baseball on here. So if you're uh, not a play-by-play broadcaster, some of it might get a little wonky for you. Uh, But if you are a play-by-play broadcaster, I think you're going to find this really interesting in a lot of different ways as we kind of progress over the next 40 minutes or so. Uh, Without further ado, we welcome in Ben Holden. And uh, Ben, as we start so many times so many times it's episode four but as we start so many times here on the podcast take us on you know we mentioned the, the long and winding road that you've taken through this industry uh take us on the the short story form of uh, what's carried you to where you are now <laughs> well uh it's good to talk with you man and uh yeah it's uh I, I probably didn't take the most conventional route um i was about 10 years old. My grandpa was a huge influence on me. He used to take me to games at Michigan State. I used to watch games with him and, and kind of grew up uh, near him. So I I was fortunate to have all four of my grandparents until I was 32. And, you know, I had I had different and unique connections with all of them. So I kind of 
I feel like I had six parents as a kid growing up and, and it was kind of cool. And so, um, he was a PA announcer in the, the town I grew up in, in, in Lansing, outside of Lansing called Holt, Michigan. And he was the president of the school board. He was a chemist, but he did PA for basketball. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And instead of playing around my buddies under the bleachers at basketball games, I would always sit next to him and I wanted to do what he was doing. And, and then I had a teacher in high school, uh, Larry Nykirk. He was my public speaking teacher. And uh, I went to Traverse City up north, uh, played hockey up there and, and moved uh, after my sophomore year. And, and he said to me one day, he said, you have a real FM voice. You should think about radio or TV. So that was the next seed that was planted. And then I went in the Navy for two years and played around on the ship and did radio and TV stuff for movies, like intros and stuff like that. And I uh, didn't go to college. I uh, went to Spex Howard School of Broadcasting at the trade school in Detroit. Um, nothing against college. I just did not want to spend four years. I wanted to get right into it because I knew I wanted to do it. And did that and started doing games for some for free, some for 50 bucks just to get another tape to go to the next place to try to get a job. And uh, my first job was writing news at Channel 4 uh, at the NBC affiliate in Detroit. And then got an opportunity to host and produce and report for a high school sports show on Channel 4 and was on a regional sports network in Detroit and Michigan at the time called PATH, which is now Fox Sports Detroit. From there, I went to Lansing for six years, some of the best years to cover Michigan State, three straight Final Fours. Uh, football team is in turmoil, which was interesting uh, just because it was uh, a different story every day. Uh, six years later in 04, Comcast launched in Detroit. Uh, knew I always wanted to call games for a living, got tired of news and that side of the business and, uh, and just, just took a chance and, uh, and did that and, and started doing it and national opportunities came Went to the American hockey league for two years in Cleveland, uh, did that, got divorced, moved back here. It was too much on my young son and myself at the time. And for the last five years, I've been pretty much full time with CBS and, I uh, do an arm wrestling show for ESPN in the summer, which we're going to shoot in about two weeks in Vegas. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've just learned to be versatile and do everything and anything. I want to go back to the beginning of that part because I knew you were in the Navy, but you mentioned doing, like, radio and TV stuff in the Navy. Is that yeah. – walk me through that. I mean, it was it was nothing formal, Joel. It was just kind of – we needed somebody on the ship to, you know, take over. And I had a buddy. His name was Jason Seifert. He was from Philadelphia. And – he wanted to be a camera guy. So you know how it is when you're, when you're, I don't like the word talent. Um, I, I always like to feel like I'm part of a team. So, you know, a lot of times on a show, you know, the announcer, or the, the, um, the stage manager, they'll say talent. If they don't know us, they'll say talent. We need you on headset. And I'm like, don't use that word. Use that very loosely. You know, I just, <laughs> cause I like to feel part of the team. I'm yeah. just one, one part of it. And without the 25 to 30 other people that are in a production truck on a national show, you can't do it with just one person or two people. So, um, so Jason wanted to be a camera guy and, and I said, Hey man, let's do this. You know, we just played around with it. I don't know whatever happened to him. I lost touch with him when I got out of the Navy, I was in 91 and 93 during the Persian Gulf and short enlistment, two years active, six inactive. I was a carpenter for my dad, you know, figured out I didn't want to really do that. And, and, you know, wreck my body by the time I was 50. And, uh, you know, so we just, we just did like, I played music. I kind of DJ a little bit. We fronted movies. We tagged them. We did a little intermission things. We did a little news updates on the ship. And it just gave me an opportunity to really do it for the first time. And so 
it was a lot of fun and, and people liked it. And, you know, the captains and lieutenant commanders on the ship, they were cool. They, they enjoyed what we were doing. And, and that's kind of the gist of it, really. It was nothing more than that. It was just kind of having fun and taking advantage of an opportunity. I got an interesting question thrown at me by somebody a couple of weeks ago, actually. And I'm, I'm curious, because of the different stops that you've had kind of along the way, how it relates to you as well. And, and they just kind of looked at me and said, at the end of the day, what do you want to be? When you were <laughs> kind of finding your way, what did, what did you want to be? I mean, did you want to be a TV play-by-play guy? Did you just want to be in the business? What was kind of your, your driving end goal? That's a really good question, Joe. I mean, honestly, the, for the longest time, my dream was to be an NHL announcer, and that was a huge part of why I went to the American League. And um, I guess, you know, to answer your question directly, I wanted to be on television because I learned at a young age when I first got into business, radio doesn't pay a whole lot, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so I, I, I did some radio, not a lot, um, but I, I really focused on TV. I wanted to be I wanted to be on television, and I wanted to be a national play-by-play guy and so you know i've been doing that national cable um there's still other you know goals i have um you know i'd like to be full-time on you know on the broadcast side of cbs i love where i work it's an amazing group of people uh they treat you like family they care about you it's it's not you know there's not 500 people that you get lost in the shuffle i mean it's a very small group and it's kind of like when i was in the ahl it was like there were 30 of us there were 30 guys. It's just like the NHL. There were 30 guys that had jobs. And and that's a pretty cool brethren, brotherhood, whatever you want to call it, to be a part of. And, you know, at the end of the day, my goal, I don't know if it's my goal, I shouldn't say that. My dream is still to be a National Hockey League play-by-play guy. But at the same time, the opportunities that CBS has given me over the years, and especially the last five years, um, I enjoy the versatility I enjoy the, the different sports. It's a challenge to me. It keeps you fresh. As much as we're, I think most humans are creatures of habit, I still like spontaneity and I still like different things and I like a challenge and I like unique. And so, you know, that's that's kind of where I stand on that. I, I'm not looking for a job. Um, I have a great job right now. Um, I'm going into, you know, another year of a contract with CBS Sports Network and I'm I'm proud of that. I'm I'm proud to be a part of the network and, and CBS because we're all one and and it's cool, you know. And I think one thing for me that you know I mentioned I was a carpenter for my dad. And one thing for me that really helped me doing that was you know when I started, I all I saw my dad do is you know frame houses, you know, take a stack of lumber and build a house or a condo or an office building. And I thought it was I thought it was pretty cool, you know, because at the end of the day, you can stand back and see what you got done and what you accomplished and and then he tried to get me to paint and trim and do siding and roof and put in windows. And I was like, I don't want to do this. I just want to pound nails. <laughs> and and I, I fought him for a while on it. And then I finally gave into it. And basically what it taught me was don't just do one thing. And, and I, obviously I'm living proof of that because I just finished the season from basically the end of August till the beginning of May where I did a 14-game football package. I did 12 basketball games. I did 12 hockey games, and I did 11 or 12 lacrosse games. And now I'm going to go do arm wrestling. So, I mean, it's it's a cool philosophy that my dad taught me, and and he taught me work ethic, and he taught me if you can't do it right, don't do it. And you can't be halfway in on anything, and that's how I am with life. I'm all in on anything that's in my life. And, you know, it's just a great philosophy that he taught me, and I've carried that on to broadcasting. I want to double back to that in a second, but I want to throw sure. one more thing your way as far as 
doing kind of what you do and, and also the the aspiring you talk about NHL type stuff. Um, and I know you, you worked for, you know, Lake Erie and you mentioned the AHL and uh, differences for you, because I've never had the experience of not working for a team. Uh, what's what's different and and what do you like maybe more or less about being a network guy and having two different teams every time out versus kind of being part of that that family atmosphere and and does that factor into kind of maybe what you wanted to do along the way um no it's a great question and it's i think it's a really interesting topic i mean i before i went to cleveland i was for let's see for five years i was i was a neutral guy you know even though I mean, I was doing regional stuff, you know, with stuff in the Mac and Big Ten stuff at the time before the Big Ten Network launched, and a ton of stuff at Notre Dame. And, you know, I, I didn't I, – I guess the biggest thing for me is kind of like I'm – I hate to say this, but, you know, I'm kind of, you know, going through some things in life, like I guess I'll just say it, you know, with like dating and things like that. And the, the one word is emotion because – when you have emotion for something, you care about it and it's hard to just let that go. And so um, for me with the team in Cleveland with Lake Erie, I was part of that team. And you know, from being your years with Ball State, you're part of that team in a sense. Yeah. And for me, the, o- the only thing I didn't do that the players did, I did everything but play. I did all the crappy travel. I did all the late hours. I got into hotels at four in the morning and had to be at morning skates at nine thirty. I did all that. I slept in a ball on a bus, you know, for five hours from Cleveland to Hamilton or Toronto. Um, you know, it's, it's the emotion, Joel. It's it, Now, I don't really care who wins or loses. I want to see a compelling, close game. I want it to be as close and as exciting and as compelling as it can be. And right down to the last play, whether it's a field goal to win the game, a last-second shot, a penalty shot, a shootout goal, whatever it is, that's all I want to see. And, and, you know, I mean, I've done army football for the last, the previous four years. And that's, that's a different animal in a sense. It's like, you're kind of a team guy, but you're not because the network and myself included, we're broadcast partners. But at the end of the day, when we call those games, we're probably, we're probably a 70 30 in terms of bias because we have to be honest. If we don't, we lose all credibility. So um, that I, I like being a part of a team, but I'll tell you what, man, when the team lost six games in a row and you got on a bus or a plane, it was dead silent. And one of the things that I, I had to adjust to my first couple of months, my first year was 09 in Cleveland with Lake Erie. And they're, they're in the Calder cup finals right now, which that's pretty cool. Good for them. But, um, my boss, his name's Dave Dombrowski and he's still there. He oversees broadcasting for the Cavs and the monsters and, and the gladiators and everything that, that Dan Gilbert owns. And he came to me and he said, he goes, I get the sense in listening to you, you're struggling with this. And I said, yeah, I said, you know, it's really hard because I'm part of a team now and I don't know how to separate it because I'd never done that. And he said, Benny, he said, at the end of the day, your name is not in that box score and your job is to call the game the way you see it. And if you got to be honest and you got to be hard, that's what you got to do. If things are good, you're, you're in that mode. He's like, you, you have to separate it. And, and that was, that was a big adjustment for me, man. And, and when I came back to, to being, you know, a neutral guy, I, I found it a little bit easier in the sense that I really don't care. I mean, I care, you know what I mean? I don't really care who wins or loses is what I mean. So um, that's kind of how I see that. You mentioned all the different kind of sports that you, you did as well. And I'm curious, how much did you play growing up? Uh, and, 
I mean, I, I played. I, I didn't play. I dabbled in a couple things. Um, but like, <laughs> I don't. Gaining knowledge to be able to do a lot of things is is one of the things that intrigues me about you know the stuff that that you kind of do. And you talked about being able to diversify and that kind of philosophy. Uh, what's your approach as far as, I mean, I know you're a big hockey guy and I, I feel like most people know football and basketball, but I mean, when you get into lacrosse and when you get into arm wrestling, uh, <laughs> how, how do you open, how do you open those doors into those different opportunities? And then how do you do it so that people are watching and they don't think that this guy's a jamoke that doesn't know what he's talking about? Because I always feel word. like the jamoke that doesn't know what I'm talking about when I do like volleyball or tennis. Well, it's it's <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a great question, and and it's it's a very cool topic to talk about. I mean, I think number one, I played sports my whole life. Um, I focused on hockey the last five years of my childhood. Um, I wasn't very talented, but I worked my butt off, and I earned the respect of my teammates and. You know, I just worked hard. I was a fourth-line plumber, man. It's funny, when we do conference calls for hockey with the group I've worked with, it's like, you know, usually it's 20 minutes into the call and it gets thrown to me, and so there's not a ton you need to ask. And, and I'm doing the same teams over and over and over the last, well, the last three years in the NCAC. Before that, I was doing all the CCHA games, and I knew everybody. I knew, I mean, I got I got friendships like Ian Cole with the Penguins, Brian, I mean, all these guys playing now. There's, you know, Tommy Wingles with San Jose. I mean, I used to, you know, hang out after games and talk with these guys, you know, so I, I kind of built friendships, but you know, it's, um, it's just for me, hockey is my first love, but see, here's a huge misconception that people don't know about me. And it's like, you know, it's funny. I went on a date last week. Sorry to bring that up, but it's kind of relating to a lot of things. It's here. my life too. You're good. <laughs> exactly. You know, I'm 45 and single and I travel eight months out of the year and it's, it's a little challenging, but I'll get it right one day. But anyway, so, um, so, you know, it's, it's interesting. It, you, you talk about, you know, all the things that go into, you know, the, I'm kind of losing my train of thought here to be quite honest with you, but, um, it's, you go into things and you, you look at, you know, all these different things that happen and, and the way you want to approach stuff. And, you know, um, I just, you know, try to take it and look at each game and each sport as, okay, this is the most important thing in the world to me right now. I call it the bubble. And I just try to live in the bubble, you know, and I just, I focus on the game and, and focus on the, you know, the teams, the players and all that. But I, I know where I was going, Joel. Sorry, I had a little bit of a brain freeze there. The misconception, though, is I was a basketball fan at first. I grew up loving basketball because I grew up in Lansing. I was eight years old when Michigan State won the national title, and my hero is Magic Johnson. And... Yeah, I told the bosses in New York this year, this past year, when I when I was given the opportunity to finally call some college basketball, and my boss called me. One of my bosses called me a couple games in. He goes, "Benny, you sound great, man." He goes, "I love listening to you. You know, you got it. You're great with working with anybody. We love that about you. Your versatility can play you with anybody. You know, the morning of a game or the afternoon of a game for a night game, and you'll make it sound like you've known this guy for ten years. And it's just having a conversation. And you know, I said to him, I said, "Well, I probably shouldn't tell you this." but I hadn't called a college basketball game in five years. And he goes, well, you fooled us. And uh, I hadn't, I hadn't done a college hoop game since I was a Comcast. And, you know, it's, then I fell in love with hockey in 80, I was nine. And, you know, to me, Joel, football is a really easy sport to call on TV. It really is because you got a partner. We have a sideline person, whether it's a girl or a guy, whatever the case is. So you got three people, 
you call a play for 10 seconds and you don't talk for 30. You know, it's, I just, my, my mentality and my personality is fast and, you know, up tempo. And, and I think that's why, you know, when I call across, I always say to people, it's hockey on grass. You know, it's, it's the same thing as hockey. It's, and I think actually it's faster. So arm wrestling, that's a different role for me. Um, the guy I do it with is British. He's like David, he's like David Faraday calling arm wrestling. Imagine, <laughs> picture that. He's funny. He's spot on. He's just amazing. He's, his name's Neil Pickup, and it's a, it's more of a host role for me. I was brought in through IMG, who I'm rep by, and I had a friend that was involved that pushed for me and with the connection with that and IMG. So I got in, and and last year their the ratings were unbelievable. I mean, they're getting better ratings than Sunday night baseball games. I mean, it's unreal. They're I, I don't know if anybody makes that, but the ratings were phenomenal. It was like 9 million people watched the show and it got 40 plays on big ESPN and it's going to play there again this year. And, you know, so that's a different role. And I just took it as a challenge, you know, I took it as a challenge and, and okay, this is something different, man. You know, it's like, I, I'd love to get involved in the MMA stuff and the UFC because you know how big that stuff is. Like Huge. boxing to me has been dead. Yeah. Boxing has been dead for years because there's no good fighters and everybody's went there. So it was just an opportunity I took and that's kind of how I got presented. I want to go back to the conversation thing that you mentioned too about, I mean, showing up and doing it first time in five years. Um, how long did it take you to get that comfort, uh, especially on television? Because I mean, I've been, I've been doing broadcasting long enough, but have only done TV really this year. At what point did you kind of feel like I'm relaxed? I'm comfortable. I'm, I'm in my, I'm in my element, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, um, I don't know. I don't really know if, you know, there's an answer for that. I just, I just believe in what I'm doing. I prepare and study. And I've always said, if I studied this hard in school, I probably would have been a doctor, you know, because I study hard and I'm prepared. And, and I just make sure there's no stone unturned. You know, you got to be prepared for everything. So I, I think a lot of it is just the ability and the, the gift of being able to talk and get along with basically anybody. And, you know, I can walk up on the street. I used to watch my grandpa do it. He sold kitchens in Lansing and my dad's the same way. And, He'd walk up and talk to anybody and he'd have a conversation for 15 minutes with him. You know, he'd say, Hey, I like that hat or whatever. And you'd turn into a 15 minute conversation. So I think it's just that. I think it's, it's that. And it's also the ability to listen. And I think in this day and age that the ability to listen, because look, let's be honest. I mean, I'm in my forties. I'm not sure how old are you? 29. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, in this day and age, a lot of people don't talk anymore. It's all texting and social media and Snapchat it's and all the worst. this stuff. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, and no, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, 100%. I think a, a, a huge part of it is listening. And if you listen to who you're with and you basically, it's basically, I remember a funny story along those lines. So 2004, this a buff friend of mine, Sean Richland, who's kind of went off the last two or three years and just does stuff for ESPN. We started doing college hockey in the CCHA for Comcast in 04. So we met. I knew who Sean was because I'd remember him playing. He remember he played at Michigan, and I was working at Lansing, and I remember doing a few highlights in which he scored and blah, blah, blah. And so we met We met for a couple beers one night, and we sat down, and, you know, he had never done television. He's highly successful in his personal life. He's got his own finance company. He's got a great family. He's a very, very talented and successful guy. And we sat there for about a half hour, and he goes, so how's this going to go, man, when we get on the air? And I go, it, 
I go, dude, it's going to be just like this. Minus the swearing in the beer. We're just going to talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's what it, it and that's really what it is. And, and, and again, it's listening and playing off the other person. And look, the more you work with somebody, the more it helps. I probably did 200 games with Sean over 10 years. Cause he came to Cleveland with me for my first year. We did 20 games together just so we could keep working together. We did the regionals for like eight years in a row. We did a ton of games that helps. But when you're going in cold, like I went in this year, the first, it's funny because the first game I did in December of basketball was at Georgetown. It played UNC Wilmington and they almost blew the game with a hell of a game. It was compelling and close. Like I said earlier, like I wish for every time I throw on a headset and it was at the uh, Verizon center in DC. And I was nervous. I was nervous because I've been wanting to get on the basketball platform, and I'm not nervous very often, by the way, but I wanted to get on the basketball platform with CBS because I know the property, and that's certainly something I'm you know, striving to one day maybe get to is to do the tournament. And so I know it's a big opportunity. And so the day before, I'm supposed to work the guy with an unnamed, or work the game with an unnamed announcer, and, uh, and I find out at like 6 o'clock Friday night that I'm with somebody else. And the guy that came in, Chris Walker, who worked with me, we did like three other games. It was unbelievable. It was literally like we had worked together for 10 years. So sometimes you get really lucky and you get somebody that's that way, that's versatile, and, you know, they can adapt to anything. And you're just sitting there calling the game. So I've had other people, not so much the CBS, but more so in the regional days, that they just they weren't experienced enough. So they were nervous. They didn't know what to do. They weren't sure when to talk, you know. And I'm... I'm the kind of play-by-play guy, Joel, that I've always said to analysts, look, you're the star of this thing. You're the star. You're the one that played. You're the one that coached. I'm just the guy kind of guiding the ship through the help of the producer. And I'm calling the game. So get in as much as you want. I mean, that's just always been my mentality. And what that does for me is it allows me to be more conversational because I'm listening to them. And I, you know, I try to get, like for football especially, the four years I've worked, I've had Randy Cross, who had 20 years of broadcasting, who was unbelievable to me, my first year of, you know, big-time college football, and then, um, you know, with CBS. And then I had Tom Bradley, who was at Penn State, who's now the D coordinator at UCLA. Tom had never done TV, never had done TV. He taught me about defense. I taught him about TV. Uh, and we're great friends. Kevin O'Connell was with Cleveland last year. Uh, with Manziel. Now he's out in San Fran. Kevin's very good. Jay Feely last year. Point is, all the last three guys I bonded with during the summer, and we talked a lot. And we, we talked on the phone. We got we understood how each other talked. We understood their our enunciation. We, we just, and it helped. And when we did our first game, it was like, bam, you came out of the gate, and the chemistry was there. So that's something I try to do. The other sports, not so much. Because you're working with so many different people. Lacrosse, I worked mostly with Evan Washburn. Uh, hockey, I work with Dave and Shereen, who I've worked with for like seven years. So there's no need to do it there. We know each other. Everybody knows their role. Basketball, I probably did out of 12 games. I probably had eight different partners. So, you know, I think those are the things that really ring home for me on in that in that uh, department you're talking about. Is it more keep it simple, stupid? Basically, I mean, yeah, man, not overthinking yep. it, not. Am I talking too much yep. here? Do I not talk here and just kind of let it flow? And, and what it is, it is. And, and hopefully you've, you've got the right mix. Yeah, you know, I, and I, I had to work at that. You know, that's something that, you know, the last, not so much last year, because I've gotten to a place where the network loves the way I, I call a game. I'm always told you're a great listen. Your big calls are great. You're great with your partner. You're great with the producers. You're a pro. And 
And, you know, the previous couple of years, it was like, all right, tone it down a little bit. You know, don't come out of it. Like I always say, like I came out of my shoes on that call, you know, like kind of in golf. And it was an adjustment for me when I came back from hockey, from basically 175 games of pro hockey in two years. That's a lot of games. And plus you throw on top, you know, six, 700 interviews I counted I did between, you know, radio and TV for intermissions and pregame. I mean, it's a lot. And, and personally, and, you know, professionally, I should say that job probably helped me more than any job. Um, I went through a divorce there. Personally, my life is not in a good place, but um, professionally, it was the right thing to do because of the amount of reps. Um, so, you know, it's just, it really helped me. And, uh, you know, I just, I, you know, what I was saying about, you know, calming down basically was, you know, you know how in hockey, there might be two goals in a game. So your big moments are big. And, you know, one of the conversations I had a couple of years ago with one of the executives was, he's like, look, why'd you, you know, he played a clip for me over the phone. He goes, why did you get all excited on this call? It's the first quarter. I was like, yeah, that's a good point. But it was a hell of an, it was a one-handed interception. The guy jumped and, you know, it was four feet in the air. It was kind of a big play, but I understood what he meant. And that's something I've worked on. It's like, okay, keep the energy. You still have that energy, but don't just, don't force it. Just let it be more. And realize, and it's kind of like, you, you hear coaches say this, Joel, live in the moment. Realize that it's no score and there's eight minutes gone in the football game. If it's, you know, 14 all and there's seven minutes left in the game or less, you know what I mean? then it's a much bigger deal. There's a lot of game left to unfold. So that's something I've worked on through their help and obviously my own help and, and listening and watching games back and, you know, just, just being more relaxed and being more calm and, and living in the moment. What's your biggest way to make adjustments, I guess, if that makes sense? I mean, you identify something, you listen back to something, you watch something back, you say, I want to fix that. Uh, how do you go about doing it? What's kind of your, your path of making changes in yourself? Um, just being humble, you know, being humble and realizing that, you know, whether it comes from New York or, you know, a producer or, you know, sometimes you get a tweet from a fan, you know how it is. Like I said, in this day and age, it's everything's different. So, um, I just try to be humble about it and go in with an open mind and, and realize that, you know, I can be better. I can be better in this area, you know, or I can say less. I mean, last year is kind of cool at the, you know, we had a seminar every August and there was a couple of clips that they, they showcased that they were my calls from the year before. And, you know, they're like, this is how big calls should sound. And, you know, you lay out and you, you know, let it breathe. And, you know, but sometimes you work with an analyst that can't contain themselves. and They jump in two seconds after, you know, somebody wins a game on a penalty shot, you know, or somebody kicks a walk-off field goal. You got to just, people can see it's TV. It's not radio. You, we don't need to, we don't, you said it earlier, less is more. And, and that's really what it comes down to. So I just, I just try to look at it with an open mind, be humble, be willing to learn, be willing to take criticism if it comes and just, just understand that, you know, I don't need to over talk it, you know, and just, just take that approach. Really. That's really all I can say about it. Tell me more about the showcase. Oh, the seminar. Yeah. Oh yeah. The seminar. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of cool. You know, they bring everybody in. It's about, you know, 50 talking heads in a room. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they just, you know, the, the management team talks to us and, you know, they prepare us for the season. I mean, you know how big of a monster college football is. It's huge. And, uh, you know, they do it for college basketball, too. I didn't go to that last year because I was doing hockey and stuff. And, you know, I wasn't able to get to it. But 
you know, the other sports we don't do it for, but it's, it's a couple of days. Basically it's like we go in for a dinner, you know, everybody gets together, you know, reacquaints, you know, we, I don't know my schedule yet. So I don't even know who I'm working with this year. I don't know where I'm going to be, which I'll probably know soon, but it's fine. I am where I am. I don't care. It's, and just want to do games and enjoy what I do for a living. So go in, we have a dinner the next day. It starts at like nine. We go to like four, four thirty. Um, you know, they bring in, you know, the, the CBS folks, the CBS sports network folks, they go through, you know, some of it's kind of hr you know, like, you know, social media and this lady that comes in, scares the hell out of everybody, you know, don't do this and don't do that, you know, and it's like, you know, you know the story. And so, um, you know, and there's, there's guests, they have guests, you know, last year we had uh, uh, Les Miles was on and McElwain was on and, you know, it's just cool stuff, you know, they, they do, you know, video uh, things with them and, you know, it's kind of cool and, you know, you just get you fired up. It's it's basically get everybody fired up for college football and on the same page. And, you know, they talk about all the games we're doing on the broadcast and the cable side and, you know, the schedules. And every year at CBS Sports Network, the schedule's gotten bigger and, you know, more games. And so that's exciting. And, you know, let, let's be honest, there's not a whole lot out there, you know, with the Big Ten Network and the SEC and, you know, all these ESPN's got their Fox. I mean, everybody's got all these packages. So, you know, it's, it's just kind of, it's kind of setting the table basically. And then, you know, most people go home and, uh, you know, that night. So that's really all it is. It's just kind of a, it's kind of a team building thing and, you know, everybody gets together and it's cool to see people that you haven't seen in a while. And, you know, in my case, I might be meeting somebody new. I don't know. So I don't know what they're going to do. And, you know, that's their, their stuff. And I just sit and wait. So that's pretty much what it is, man. Here's the the money question um, based on, again, I mean, kind of looking at the the path that you took, if I can kind of we'll bring it full sure. circle that way. Uh, and I mean, yeah. this is the thing I've, I think a lot of people wonder about uh, because, you know, I look at my career path and for me, it, it make like, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's easy to look at how you get from one place to the next. Like I... I, I go to websites and I look at job postings and like, that's how you get a minor league mm-hmm. baseball job. And that's how you get a college job. Um, getting into yep. television, the way that you got into television, uh, how hard was that? Or how'd you go about doing that? And, and how do you go about kind of breaking through to that, that level? Um, you better get used to rejection. <laughs> There's a lot of rejection, man. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, I tell people all the time, it's funny because after you and I talked before we were taping this, some young guy called me because the buddy gave him my number. He's going to Michigan State. Like, I feel like, I mean, I feel like I'm getting old. I know I'm getting old. I have a lot of, you know, guys, younger guys call me. But that's cool. I know there's a respect and I appreciate that and people help me. So, um, you know, it's, I, I, I tell I tell people this all the time. Like, number one, you got to have a passion for it. Number two, you got to be willing to work crappy hours and weekends and travel and holidays. And sometimes when you start, you don't make a lot of money. Um, but if you got it in your heart and it's what you want to do, you follow it and chase it. And obviously you got to be talented. You got to be good at what you do. Um, you got to have a good reputation. Um, you can't be a jerk to people. You got to, and that means, and by that, I mean, everybody you work with, like I said earlier about a crew, you know, like it's us. You know, I always remember David Quinn, who's the coach at BU now, was a coach I worked with in Lake Erie, and he's a great friend. And Quinny would always tell our guys, you know, it's not about anybody but us. I'm trying to do a Boston accent and sound like him, but, <laughs> you know, he's like, it's about us. This isn't about anybody but us. You know, and he'd say that sometimes when we get off the bus for a big game. And, it, it, and I, that's that team mentality that, 
I took away from from being with Lake Erie that I'm and I've always had that, Joel. I've always been a team guy. I've always believed we, nobody can do anything alone. And so, you know, you got to have a good reputation there and you got to be willing to work with a lot of different people. And, you know, um, you know, there's stress, there's pressures, but you know, I've always joked with people like, you know, two things when I'm in a booth and I'm calling the game, you could shoot me in the calf and it wouldn't phase me because I'm so focused on the game. And, and I'm focused on what I'm doing and I feel like it's a sanctuary for me. Nobody, unless I leave my phone on the table and sometimes I do, but usually I don't during a game because it's, it's just too much of a distraction. You know, I might look at it at halftime or an intermission, but otherwise it's in my backpack or down underneath or in my coat. Um, that's just, that's a peaceful, serene place for me because nobody can get to me. Nobody can get to me except the guy and guys in the truck. Nobody, it's like, I don't want to sound like I like cut out the outside world because that's not me. I'm very personable. I love people. I don't like being alone. I like being around people. And I, but I just, I like that feeling. It's just, nobody can get to me, man. For three, four, whatever it is, two and a half, three, whatever hours, it's all about the game. It doesn't matter about anything else to me. That's just how I approach it. You triggered my brain on something else I wanted to ask you, too, because talking about sure. a team, and I want to take up too much more of your time because uh, I feel like no, you're fine. We, we can go for a while. Um, the, the team aspect of it, when you get together to do a TV broadcast, uh, mm-hmm. what's kind of your what's your role as far as prep, as far as you get yourself ready, but how much do you say these are, you know, can we do this? Uh, I've got this idea. You know, is it possible to get a graphic for that? Or is that kind of left up to the other people? And you, how does all that come together to form that puzzle? That's a good question. I mean, no, I mean, I, I have a little input, but you know, like for the most part, I, I, I let the analyst and the producer kind of work on that. I mean, I, I throw ideas out. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Um, same for the analyst. I mean, usually like, let's say for football, for example, football again is a different animal. So it's way more intense. And, you know, like I'll talk with my guy, you know, last two years I've had the same guy. He's a great friend. Um, you know, he'll call me Monday afternoon and say, all right, Benny, here's what I'm thinking, you know, and, you know, we got this and this and this. And I usually start first thing Monday too for football. You know, I, there's no, there's no chance to take a day off because I mean, look, I got a hundred guys that would stand up in line behind me, Joel, that want my job. So that's a motivating factor for me. That's part of the motivation. But so I'm always, I'm always prepared. I'm over prepared, but I've always over prepared and I always will. Um, so, you know, he'll call me and say, you know, here's what I'm thinking, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he'll run through kind of a sketch of the open. Um, you know, the key storylines, there might be five or six, depending on the game. I and mean, we had Rutgers last year, you know, at Army late in the year and they had like 12 guys that had been arrested. I'm like, dude, we have to cover this. You know, I mean, it's like you have to address it. You know, you can't just sweep it under the rug. And then Kyle Flood gets fired the next week or whatever it was. But, you know, so every game, every game is different. You know that. So, you know, we'll talk and usually he'll reach out, excuse me, he'll reach out to the analyst and he'll, he'll circle back with me and say, all right, you know, so-and-so's cool with this. Uh, This is what we're going to do. If you have any ideas, you know, or graphics, like you said, or, you know, roll-ins or, you know, anything like that, you know, let me know. Otherwise, you know, We'll, we'll talk in the conference call, you know, whenever we do our conference calls with the coach, with the road coach, because anytime for football, we always sit down on, you know, day before a game for about two, three hours with head coach coordinators, a couple players, you know, you know, the drill. And so, you know, we get a chance to meet with them face to face. So we only do, you know, the visit 
visit team head coach and coordinators and usually not players on visit teams, but <clears throat> excuse me, then we'll do that, you know, either Tuesday or Wednesday and, you know, everybody travels and we get together and, you know, I'm talking again, I I'm, I'm in close contact with, with whoever I'm working with, especially on football, not so much on hockey and lacrosse, basketball, for whatever reason, I don't know why it's that way, but it just is, um, you know, there might be some conversation, but usually it's like, Hey, show up, do your prep, you know, call the game. I think that, I think the reason football is so different, especially, I don't know if how it is for you, but you know, for, for us doing what we're doing with CBS, there's, there's so much pressure. There's so much money, um, to be great. And, uh, you know, in hockey, you know, I only need to know 20 guys in lacrosse. I need to know maybe 20 in basketball, you know, eight, 10 guys, your prep time's way down football. You got to potentially know up to 50 guys. I mean, I build, I build an offensive two deep, my own. I build it. I type it. I write in notes. I still do stuff the old fashioned way because I'm not going to depend on a computer. What if that thing breaks? And I don't have it. And I, I, you know, I just, I'm old. Plus it helps my brain. It sticks to my head. So you got it. You got an offensive two deep, a defensive two deep, a special teams two deep. You got three pages of chart, you know, three, three charts with notes and bullet points. So it's a lot of stuff, man. I think that's why it's more intense because there's, there's more players and there's more, more things that can and usually do happen when you're doing a football game. Well, Ben, I, uh, I appreciate you, uh, Give me the time here and uh, looking forward to, I think we've got, I think we've got a CBS game maybe coming up in the fall. So uh, really? maybe we'll, uh, maybe okay. we'll run into each other again. So where is it? That's a great question. Uh, it's late in the season. You know, it might be here. I think it's, okay. I think it might be election night here, but I might be making that up. Well, um, I, I haven't been to Muncie in a while. I was down there a lot. I think I was down there. You're, how many years have you been down there now? Four. Uh, then I must, I missed you. Cause I, I, I was, uh, yeah, it would have been uh, would have been Maury that was down there then. So yep. yeah, no, I like coming down there. I was down there when Hope was was down there. So no, that sounds great. And Joe, I appreciate you calling me. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to me to do uh, to do these kind of things. And uh, and thanks for letting me share my story. And uh, if people want to find you, where can they uh, they find you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter, uh, Ben Holden PXP, and then I'm on uh, I'm on Snapchat. My son's 15, so he got me involved. Uh, <laughs> ben Holden 1970. <laughs> Uh, I'm on Facebook as well, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very active on Twitter and, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's where you can find me there. Thanks again to Ben Holden, CBS Sports Network, for joining us here on the podcast. Uh, interact with the program as well. We always love uh, when people uh, shoot us questions, comments, concerns, guests that they would like to see in the future, questions they have, things that they want addressed or things that they're curious about uh, that we can bring up on future podcasts. Uh, you can do that by reaching out to me on Twitter at Joel Godet, J-O-E-L-G-O-D-E-T-T, or uh, if you want something that's easier to spell, uh, fair enough, uh, hashtag PX. PCAST, and uh, we can get that conversation uh, going and continued over on Twitter. We're all up about uh, uh, out of time, though, so I'm going to step out of the way. You're here to hear Ben Holden anyway. I'm not going to ramble on, but we will talk to you next Friday morning right back here on iTunes and on Stitcher. And by the way, if you liked the podcast and all that, tell your friends, share it, Whatever you want to do, rate it, give us stars. Whatever you do to help raise the profile of the podcast certainly helps us keep going and uh, get some more guests as we go uh, into the future as well. Uh, The guys we've had so far, all guys I know uh, and have had relationships with, so gracious to be part of this grand experiment. Um, (laughs) But uh, as we branch out a little bit more, the more notoriety we get, the more people you tell. Uh, If you enjoy the product, uh, we would really appreciate it. If you don't, 
Uh, you, you don't have to. Uh, that that's fine. Uh, <laughs> but if you do, uh, tell your friends. Give us a give us a rating. Uh, let iTunes know that you listen and uh, and all that good stuff. Uh, anyway, in the meantime, we got to get going. So we will talk to you next Friday morning here on Play by Playcast. Until then, see you. And that will do it from St. Louis, where the score is inconclusive.